further up and further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey, Amy. Sometimes we get desperate to know what to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Like other times it's like we have like ideas like bam, bam, bam. And other times it's like, I'm sure we've been thinking about things, but what? <laughs> and I look at you and say, well, what's the Lord speaking to you lately? Yeah. And you're like, uh, 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 he's yeah. good and he loves me. <laughs> Maybe I need to forgive people. Maybe I... <laughs> Yeah, we laugh because we're like, yeah, no, it's just like, what is going to be interesting to our listeners? Somebody wrote a long list to us today, so we're super fired up about that. Oh, so helpful. But we'd already had to come up with an idea for today. So I did some research Mm -hmm. from my school, schooling. Yeah. I'm done, I'm done. I don't have my parchment yet, so it is finished, but it's not a complete work. Yeah. Oh, Oh, get that? Did you get what I did there? Anyway, we're wondering, is there any broad application Mm -hmm. to all this hard work? So my research was specifically around the experience of women in ministry. Yeah. And I I mean, I found it so fascinating. And I'm like, we can talk about this. Because you're a woman in ministry. Exactly. And then I, and then it was like, ah, but man, that might be a bit too specific to a very small group of our listeners. What about the 14 other listeners that have no interest in that? Exactly. So what does it look like? (laughs) And so then you were like, man, I think we could, there's some principles principles that you saw in your research or recommended that is a applicable to all of us. Yeah. So when I kind of did a first draft of the research and sent it off to my professor for a first review, because I really wasn't sure I was on the right track at all. Uh, he just was so, he's so great. And he's so into this research because mm. he really is supportive of, we got to do some changes here so that women can flourish better in ministry because they belong. Like he's so supportive. Absolutely. And he's like, man, I recognize I feel really defensive as I'm reading this paper mm. that I'm not this way. And I was like, man, I don't want people to read the paper and not be able to learn anything from it because they feel defensive. So, you know, what is it? My language. But man, after that phone call, guess what I felt? Defensive. Really defensive. <laughs> I think you're genius, Amy. You're genius. <laughs> Thank you. And I realized that, man, I had, was suffering from some fear of shoot the messenger. Mm. Like if I write this and then people who are like super on board with supporting women in ministry only hear you suck, that's not going to be any good. And mm. I and I started to have this fear that then I would be disregarded and, mm. and lose credibility because I made people uncomfortable by what I said. So, oh my goodness, Amy. <laughs> so back to the drawing board. But mm-hmm. the paper I've actually submitted, actually submitted, whatever. The paper I've submitted, I actually feel good about. We'll throw the actually in a holy spot. I feel very good about it. But I prayed, and I was really trying to track into, like, how do we hear difficult things? Mm -hmm. How do we receive stuff that may not even apply to us, but we can still, like, read it and be curious or hear it and be curious? Mm -hmm. And this passage came to me from Philippians 2, which maybe is, like, really, really familiar to Mm -hmm. everybody. But it says in verse 5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So he already had it Mm, and mm -hmm. he released it. He said, instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took on a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on the cross. And therefore, God has elevated him to a place of highest honor and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow on heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
I just realized humility was needed all around Mm. for me as the writer and even what would happen in response for those who read it. But this theme then just started to come up over and over and over again. So I started my paper with an invitation to hear it humbly and learn. Mm. But I saw how it applies to everything. Like, have you noticed that in the last two years when racism has been a hot topic, you feel like, that's not me. I'm not like that. Yep. (laughs) I mean, really anything in the last two years, it feels like anything that has a a whiff of you're dumb enough to get vaccinated you're a dumb anti-vaxxer yeah anything <laughs> like that is it is the immediate response is like the defensiveness like that's not me yeah even though i maybe fall into the camp somehow and some no no not don't, me don't categorize and label me yeah i just saw how much like i mean just see once revelation light shines on anything it's like there over and over and oh, over yeah. again like, how can i know what i don't know mm. how can i know i, I like if I can't, I can't learn anything that would make be valuable and actually make me a man. My words, it's after lunch, people, a decent or human being. Yeah, we have got to humble ourselves. Oh yeah, and, and what does that look like? And that's so much of the further up and further in journey. Mm-hmm. Really, when you think about it, like right, humble, humbling ourselves to risk vulnerability, humbling ourselves to. Um, take risks, humbling ourselves before God, humbling ourselves before others, right? It really, you can't go further up and further in without humility, because if you're not humble, then it's like, you, you, I would, I feel like I've already made it. So I don't, there's no further up and further in to go because <laughs> I've already made it, people. Well, now that you say it that way, it makes so much sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so I just got thinking a lot about this, like why, you know, for myself, in, in writing this paper, I had to say, man, what if people don't like me as much because I wrote this and it made them feel uncomfortable? Well, I really worked on my tone, and, and you approved of my tone, so I know it's yeah. good. I got you to proofread it. I was like, of humility even in my presentation, so people could hear it. Hmm. And humility in, if this does strike some people poorly, I'm actually doing it in defense of people who need a voice. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'll put that, my desire for approval by everybody all the time, Amy. This is entirely possible. (laughs) I'll surrender that to God. Mm. Is that not what Jesus did? Yeah. And there's such like what you said there, the the parsing out of things of like um, the speaking, you know, uh, standing up, giving voice to people that need to to be heard. Mm -hmm. But then there's also this other part that I heard you say of like being really aware of how to tell your message so that your end goal is achieved. Right. And I think sometimes the end goal is to make the wrong people right. Exactly. No, no. <laughs> right. Like I think sometimes for me anyways, it's like when I keep the end goal, it's like, what do I actually mm-hmm. want out of mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z? Yeah. It allows me to remain humble in how I approach it because I actually want people to encounter Jesus. I want more freedom. I want more healing. I want yeah. people, the kingdom of heaven to come. So it's like I'll tailor my message and, and dial it back or phrase it in a different way or be more curious with questions because I'm keeping the end goal, not my immediate thing of like, maybe I just want people to know that I'm right. Well, or, and if that's the question, answer to the question, what do I actually want? Yeah. I mean, and maybe our listeners are thinking of a conflict situation right away. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually what I want them to know is I'm right and they're wrong. Yeah. That might be the truth. Yeah. But then let's deal with that truth. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it might be an immediate, no. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I recognize that's the wrong tone and posture, so I need to shift it. But it could also be true. I was talking to someone not long ago who's like, how do I make my parents know I'm right in this choice? And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> like, the compassion. Oof. The compassion yeah. I felt immediately for them because... Of course you want your parents to approve of a decision you made, but she knows why she made it and that she can't live any other way. And I'm like, man, she's going to have to forgive your parents for not blessing you in this decision. She hasn't made it recklessly or alone. Yeah. And really dial into the love that God has for you. Mm. Because we can't do this like holy vulnerability unguarded. No. Actually. Yeah. There's the wisdom and nuance of who you share stuff with, but also the reality is when we make ourselves vulnerable... We have to know we have a protection and a safety, and it's in God and His mm-hmm. love for us. Jesus didn't go into the earth wildly unprotected. He knew what God was going to do. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. He did suffer. But he, I love how in John 17 it says, No man takes my life from me. Mm. I lay it down. And we can't lay it down from a place of devastated brokenness. We lay it down from a place of safety and security and God's love for us. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Sometimes I think I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before because it takes me aback every time it happens to me. I'll meet somebody and they'll be like talking away about all these things they know about my life. And I think, well, I haven't seen you for six months. How do you know this? And I, I feel confused. And they're like, well, it was on the podcast. <laughs> yes, I had several when we had uh, um, when I was here for the open house memorial for yeah. um, your mother-in-law. Yeah. There were so many people that talked to you like they knew you. <laughs> well, I'd say, oh, I'm Amy. And then they'd stop and be like, the Amy? And I'm like, Who, who's that Amy? Amy from the podcast? Or another person was like, I heard your voice and thought, wait a minute, that sounds like Amy from the podcast, but why would she be here? I had several of those things where I was like, that's so funny. You really know me. Oh, this is, huh. It is. Like, there's, hmm. okay, so like that our listeners yeah. would know we can have the, I have these awkward twinges. You had this awkward, yeah. like, what? This person I've never laid eyes on before knows that about me? Yeah. And I get that feeling also when I speak. I just was speaking on the weekend in Calgary. And the last session afterwards, I felt a little nauseous. Mm. It's like, what's going on here? And I was like, this is a vulnerability hangover. Um, I've made myself vulnerable. I've shared some things that now I'm feeling uncomfortable and awkward. And why? Because I've actually gone to in my head what people might think about me, Mm. which is losing sight of the reason why I said it in the first place. Yeah. And so... And it happens with this too, because you and I are just having such a good time in this room by ourselves. Oh, yeah. Forgetting people are listening. Mm-hmm. But you stop and you're like, why did I share that? Mm. So that it would help somebody. Okay. Yeah. All the other people, meh. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But again, we know where, where we're going to back the train up to. I know I'm deeply loved by God mm. in this situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm only sharing it so that others would taste of his goodness. It's not about me. Yeah. It has to be about his goodness. Otherwise, we're just doing some really gross exhibitionism here or something. Yeah, exactly. So this humbling ourselves and giving up our divine privilege, like Jesus gave up Mm. his divine privilege. We give up our privilege to be right, to be understood. Oh, really? Mm. Mm -hmm. But what is our end goal? Yeah. It's, It's the ministry of reconciliation. That's what Jesus did. This whole passage talks about how God raised him up. And because of that, we are all raised up, redeemed, and restored. I did have a funny, awkward situation recently where, you know how it's nice when people let you know that they're offended, but then it's also not nice? (laughs) (laughs) And she told me this scenario where I kept, apparently in her eyes, I kept telling a story inaccurately. Mm. And it hurt her heart. And I was just like, defense of Amy. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? So I tried to like act like I wasn't defensive and hear the story out. (laughs) 
That's okay. I just want to say, appreciate your face. Like that is like, that is such a hard place. Cause there's sometimes where it's like, we recognize we're not defensive and we can come curious, but it's like that tension. It's like, I am feeling so defensive right now, but I don't want to be defensive. So I'm going to ask questions like that is such a hard place. Cause you can't like force yourself in that moment to not, but you recognize to act defensively. So it is this like tension of like, Okay, well, Tell can you help me understand that? Like, I, that was not my intention. What? Yeah. What? How? What happened? What Whatever. Happened? Right? And, like, and yeah. it turned out the part of the story I was leaving out, I wasn't even in the room for. Mm. So how could I have known? Yeah. But oh my goodness, Amy, <laughs> I still felt defensive, and it was like still chewing in my mind. And so I did that. Like you know, I oh man, I wasn't in the room for that part of the story, and I'm really sorry. I hurt your heart. I didn't mean to by leaving this out, and I. She's like, well, just tell it the right way the next time. And I thought, well, that would actually be lying because I wasn't there. I don't know. I had a lot of like struggles around it. So I had my own stuff to deal Mm. with, which was a little bit of like, I don't ever mean to hurt somebody. So how could you have thought I meant hurt you, which then becomes all about me. Yep. (laughs) So it's like perpetuating this cycle of offense. Seriously. (laughs) But it's so good to take the time to process it. And I was like, well, why is she so upset about this? It's not even her story. It's my story. Like she can tell her own story. Then realized that the whole feeling I was getting was about fighting for significance. Mm. And my reaction was to fight for significance and say I wasn't wrong and you were wrong. (laughs) And this passage came back to me again. Mm. Humble myself. Give up the privilege I have. I I already know. I already know I'm significant. Mm. I recognize I didn't do anything wrong, but I can still be gentle towards her. Yeah. To be gentle. To be gentle was the humbling. Yeah. Rather than fix it and make it right. Mm-hmm. Like, right according to Michelle, though. You yes, know, You know of what course. I'm talking about when I say right. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me back to that quote from that little, um, is it by Keller, the book, The Gift of mm. Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness? Yeah, yeah. Where he says it's impossible for our feelings to get hurt. Our feelings are the feeling. Yeah. It's, it's our the ego. ego. <laughs> oh, that one, whenever I'm feeling, like, defensive, it's mostly defensive or offended. Yeah. It's like... So often I'm like, this is actually your ego, Amy. Yeah. Ugh. So why did you write that book? <laughs> and it's seriously, it's like 60 pages and it changed my yeah. life by one oh, sentence. So good. So good. So it's impossible for your feelings to get hurt. That discomfort you feel is your, your ego. So you can be sad, but mm-hmm. that is your feeling. Why are you sad? You can be defensive. That is the feeling. Why are you defensive? And so often it comes back to the ego, mm-hmm. which... As you pointed out, our whole further up and further in journey can't be led by our ego. Our ego is the ballast that keeps us back and keeps us from being able to pursue this. Yeah. So if our listeners are like, okay, so I feel really defensive and PO'd right now at my spouse, boss, child, whatever. Mm -hmm. What should they do? This might come as a shock and surprise to some (laughs) of our listeners. Especially our regular listeners, I bet. (laughs) You probably need to do some forgiveness. Yeah. Surprisingly. (laughs) Yeah, forgive like that is such i mean right it's you can't get away from it no, you can't actually and it just seems so silly like i need to forgive her for misunderstanding me actually yes yeah. forgive break agreement with where the mm-hmm. the lies of the enemy slid in there that you're operating from in my case like i can make everybody happy all the time right <laughs> Yeah. Right. And then it's just like, I like, okay, Jesus, what does it look like to approach this humbly? Cause I found like, I can clear that all the way and still be like, I have no clue. Like yeah. now what? Like now what? I just had that whatever. And well, now what do I do? Yeah. And Jesus has really good ideas. 
Like, he does. And they're not always the ones that I would think would be the humility approach, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like, okay, Jesus, what does it look like to be humble? What's a, what's one step I can take? And so often he has something that I'm like, oh, that's doable. Yeah. I can do that. So we don't have to tell our listeners what their answer is. They're, Jesus is going to tell them. Yeah. It can be such an incredibly diverse bunch of stuff. Oh, totally. Often, it, for me, it is to serve the person I'm kind of bugged by. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that. It could be, right, speaking words of blessing over them yeah. continually. Yeah, and it doesn't mean the absence of boundaries. No. No. Definitely not. <laughs> and I think somewhere yeah. our modern culture's got these two things confused because we've learned we have to have boundaries and we've learned we have to speak up and show oh, up. Oh, yeah. This is a hard issue. It's yeah. not the presence or absence of boundaries. It's not the presence or absence of communication. It's, man, I have to step back and recognize what's going on mm-hmm. inside of me. Mm-hmm. Deal with my crap. And ask, how can I show up loving in this situation? Yeah, exactly. Which is not promoting myself first. Yeah. Or protecting myself first, but trusting his protection. Exactly. And when we do that, it's like we create space for other people to have their own encounters with Jesus or create space for them to even have space to maybe sort some of their own stuff out, right? Because it's kind of like this dance when we're defensive, they're defensive. And now we're just doing this weird dance where neither of us are in a place where it's like, okay, to be able to listen to Jesus or gain more self-awareness or anything, we're just doing a messed up posturing (laughs) thing. Yes. Right? Exactly. A messed up posturing thing. And so often we're just responding in the same spirit. Oh, yeah. This insignificance thing triggered a sense of insignificance in me. And I was like, but I can see it in the other person and not myself. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So (laughs) obvious. Why wouldn't they deal with it? Oh, the number of times recently I found out that I'm just partnering in judgment or self-righteousness in response. I'm like, wow, I just recognize it's been a tough season and my yeah. margins are down and I can just like, yeah, I, man, this is maybe more information that needed to go in this episode. People's ears perk up, but I was teaching on breaking agreement mm-hmm. with stuff last week to a bunch of people and the, um, the example in the study guide, which I wrote myself, man, <laughs> <laughs> such good information. <laughs> Gave a list of things to potentially yeah. break agreement with just as a starting place. And the one example, somebody said, oh, I want to try that one. And it's like, that I'm not good enough. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, let's all just do this together. <laughs> and what happened, Michelle? What happened? I didn't even realize consciously that I was feeling not good enough just because there's been so much yeah. going on. My margin is less. Mm. And so I'm much more quick to feel... Like I'm not loving enough or I'm not Mm. being giving enough or gracious enough or whatever. The word enough was key. So whatever the enough is, I was feeling not enough. Yeah. And uh, wishing I was, you know, just doing a better job, but giving myself permission. Somehow we can do stuff with our heads. And I do this, like I break agreement with the lie that I'm not good enough. What do you have for me instead? And I just immediately was like, felt the tenderness of God toward Mm. me. And that was so beautiful because I wasn't, A, partly because I wasn't expecting it because I'm going to teach these people some stuff, you know? (laughs) And it's like that sense of not good enough as I'm struggling Mm. so hard to do well. Mm. And it was like just the tenderness of God towards me. Do you know how much that filled up with that tenderness made me show up better the next day? Oh, yeah. So good. That's so good. So when I was working on my paper, you gave me a book that Mm -hmm. you really enjoyed. And I am loving it. It's called Redeeming Power. Understanding Authority and Abuse in the Church by Diane Langberg. It's a super good book, but man, it is like sobering and grieving and hopeful. Like it is a... It's a one-two punch in every chapter. It is not an easy read, but it's a good read. It's a good read because 
anytime we have any sort of power or authority, which we all bring some to every relationship, every relationship has a dynamic of if there's any element of your heart and your trust, there's power. Yep. There's no way we can actually come to things devoid of anybody having any power. No. That just isn't possible. Just such a good book. But one of the recommendations she makes is to sit and listen and make space for other people's stories, which again requires me humbling myself and not being defensive. Yep. I get to hear you out. Can you tell me more about that? Can you explain it to me? Yep. Huge. Huge when you're feeling that defensiveness. And I love how one of the places where she talked about that, she referred exactly to this Philippians 2 passage. Mm-hmm. She's like, it to make space and listen to someone else's story is to lay aside yourself and humble yourself and walk in their shoes, which is exactly what Jesus did. And I just felt that so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm going to listen to your story, which I've noticed we like to interrupt each other's stories and tell our own more. Oh, yeah. But if I'm going to enter into your story, it's like I'm going to empty myself of myself, my mm. perspective, my privilege, my perspective, and enter into yours, which is yeah. exactly what Christ did for us. He entered into our story. Mm, so good. So good. Mm-hmm. So we do help. Like things are really disordered, that there would be cues and clues in this conversation that would help them recognize the strategy of the enemy against them that they would be able to go further up and further in. 